Bill? Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll take it easy. No. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do.
again, you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? <laughs> this is Penelope Houston. Hello, Penelope. How are you? I'm good. Now, Penel- good. Penelope, you are from the Avengers, aren't you? I was a long time ago, yeah. And that was a brand new track from the Avengers. Well, actually, that was the Scavengers. With no... <laughs> I, um, when I was putting together this Avengers live record, uh, there were three songs that I couldn't find any good versions of, but I thought they were pretty good songs. So um, I put together the Scavengers, which is half of the Avengers and a new rhythm section. You didn't do any ska tunes at all, did no, you? No, it's, it's not like ska scavengers. It's just uh, the scavengers. We're just scavenging our own stuff, I guess, is how you could think of it. I, I guess I just didn't want to call it the Avengers because two of them were missing, so I didn't think that was fair. So, Penelope, who are the other Avengers? Who are the other Avengers, and where are they right now? Um, well, the, the one that I worked with is um, Greg, who, Greg Ingram, who lives in San Francisco. Greg Vomit Scars, right? Greg Scar, Gerg Scars, and he, uh, he plays guitar. And he was around, so he was available. And the other ones are um, Danny Furious or Danny O'Brien, and he's living in Sweden. He's like a vegetarian chef in Sweden? That's what, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things he does, I think. Um, I don't talk to Danny that often, probably because he's in Sweden and it's pretty expensive. But, um, yeah, he studied to be a chef, and that's what he's doing over there. And he's got a, a kid, a son, living there. Um, and then the other one is Jimmy Wilsey, who is living in L.A. But at the time I was putting this together, I didn't have any contact with him either because he, he uh, I just didn't have any numbers for him. Nobody could tell me where he was. So I finally tracked him down via the wonderful Internet, and he's in a band called The Mysteries now. He's not doing anything with Chris Isaac anymore? No, he stopped playing with Chris um, three or four years ago at least. Yeah, and then he sort of disappeared for a while. Now he's reappeared, and he's got this band called The Mysteries, which is an instrumental band um, that plays all kinds of uh, Western and surf and stuff like that. I actually haven't heard them yet, but um, they're playing around in the L.A. area. And Penelope, there's also Jonathan Postal, too, an early Avengers member. What happened to him? Jonathan Postal was only an Avengers member for maybe five shows or four shows so i never think of him as an avengers member he was a photographer and he moved to new york city and i i haven't had any contact with him in probably 10 years well you're speaking to vancouver british columbia canada here penelope houston and the avengers and yourself you've had quite a connection with vancouver or canada haven't you like that's right actually another another guitar player that we had after greg was brad kent also known as brad kent who was um, I think he was in DOA for, was he in DOA for a while or? Yes, he was. Subhumans or something. Um, anyway, Brad was in the Avengers for at least half a year, and we actually wrote some, some good songs together, but none of his playing or songs are appearing on this record just because of the live stuff that I had and what sounded good and what didn't, so. 
But the Canadian connection with the Avengers is quite amazing. I mean, Craig from Negative Trend, I think he was from Vancouver. Zippy from Nadales and KGB. You know, Brad Kent, as you mentioned, were all from Vancouver. What do you remember about playing Vancouver? Because looking here, on April 15th, 1978, you played a Japanese hall with DOA. We played a lot of shows. Um, we played a lot of shows in Vancouver. We must have been there three, maybe even four times. Um, we played with a lot of bands up there. And we enjoyed coming to Vancouver and um, always had a really good time. It was It's funny because we only played the West Coast. We would do Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, L.A., and then the furthest south we ever got was San Diego, I think maybe once. But we did go up north a lot. I grew up in Seattle, so Vancouver was always, you know, just north of the border for me. Penelope, I was looking at Escapees, a San Francisco punk photo documentary, and it has a quote about the Avengers. It says, the Avengers were first known for their dumb hairstyles, stereotyped punk attitudes, and ripped safety-pinned clothing. <laughs> now, what sort of outfits and hair were they referring to? What you were wearing sounds great. Well, actually, it probably is referring to the very earliest shows we did, where we were kind of more imitating um, British British punk. And that was in mid-77, before the Sex Pistols came over. And we kind of um, abandoned that look after a little while and sort of got into a more natural look for ourselves that was a little bit more casual than that. Um, because we weren't really about hair or, or costumes or anything. We were, after we learned how to play, we were... <laughs> We were more about music. Well, what sort of hairstyles did you sport back then at all, Penelope? Because I'm just curious, because there's a great picture of you in that Punk 77 book, of a James Stark picture of you, like in saran wrap with cool hairstyles. What sort of hairstyles did you sport? I think I had, um, I had some pretty amazing colored hair. I had a friend that had, was in this, um, who was uh, in a hair salon, and she would color my hair with crazy color. And one time something hit my head and I got these big bruises under my eyes, these black eyes. And she did this whole kind of bruised hair color thing that was green and blue and with a little purplish yellow in there. It was really amazing. She would always cut my hair really short. And then I had some kind of blonde crew cuts. And eventually I grew it out the last, probably the last year of the Avengers. It was more, it probably would have been longer. Did you use any special tricks with your hair, like baby powder, putting the old baby powder in the head? And oh, I did them it? all. Baby powder and beer and all that kind of stuff. I never had a mohawk or anything, but... What sort of painted slogans did you have on your clothes? Oh, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> a scary thought, Penelope? <laughs> Possibly. Something I might regret. Where did you get your clothes, like then and now? A caller was wondering where you got your clothes then and now. Well, back then, it was all thrift stores because we didn't have any money, so we'd just go to thrift stores. And now I just, you know, wander around, see what's here and there. Do you remember playing the punk rock fashion show at the Hollywood Palladium, one of the early Avenger gigs, where you guys had to go on after Blondie at the punk rock fashion show? It was actually called the Punk Rock Extravaganza, and I think they had a little bit of a fashion show, but they... They had, let's see, it was the Weirdos. Oh, it was a great lineup. Blondie was the headliner, and then they were supposed to have special guests that were headlining um, after Blondie, and that was going to be um, Richard Hell and the Voidoids. And at the last minute, 
they said they wouldn't do it because they wanted more money or something. And the people that were doing the show had to provide a special guest, and so they flew us down from San Francisco and had us play. And I think that might have been the first time we played L.A. I can't really remember. And to have to go on after Blondie, that's quite a responsibility, Penelope Houston. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible for us. Um, and I remember Danny Furious, our drummer, smashed all the light bulbs in our dressing room until it was pitch black after our set. He also smashed his whole drum set on stage. It was pretty amazing. Did you guys get any resentment from any other bands? Did you have any rivalry, say, with, like, Olga from Nalud or anything like that? No, we didn't really have any rivalries with anyone. Right at the beginning, after I kicked Jonathan Postal out of the band, he, he had a little band that was kind of a pop mod band called the Ready Mates, and we had a kind of an ongoing rivalry with them, but that's probably because we kicked him out. How about, was, how about so. Jennifer of the Nuns? Because the Nuns kind of were like junkie chic, weren't they? Where you guys were more slick and musical. Was there any kind of comp, you know, competition between the two? Um, no, we, in fact, we did a lot of shows together, but we felt that we, yeah, we did feel we were more political. And there was one moment when we played the, um, the show with the Sex Pistols where the Nuns were opening and we were playing the middle slot where um, I think it was Jeff O'Leaner, one of the nuns called me up and said, well, you know, if you guys want to switch with us, you know, we'll do it for you because we know you probably don't want to go on after us. Like, they would blow us off stage or something. And I just laughed and said, well, thanks for your offer, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to turn you down. Um, they were, yeah, they were kind of pissed that they had to open that show. Did you do any skateboarding? No. And a caller phoned in and also asked if you'd done any peep showing at all, Penelope Houston, if you'd done any peep shows in San Francisco. No, that's a weird rumor that, that was out there, but no, I never did anything like that. There was some rumors going on from, from <laughs> my, the years that I wasn't doing music, but no, I never did anything like that. And we have a caller now. Caller, are you there? Hello? Yeah, yeah I sure am. Hi, how you doing? Uh, go ahead to Penelope Houston. Who are you? I'm Joey Shithead from DOA. How you doing, Penelope? Joey, hey. Aren't you guys playing here, like, next week well, or something? Well, that works pretty well. What? Uh, go, go ahead, Joey. Hi, Penelope, are you there? It's Joey. Yeah, Joey, I'm here. I see no, you guys are going to play show here. Oh, well, we'll turn it up a bit. Just, just, turn, just turn that up a bit. <laughs> okay, sir, so uh, Technical difference. Yeah, we're linking two punk legends. It's not easy. Uh, try now, Joey. <laughs> oh, Penelope, how you doing? Hey, Joe Joey. Here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can sort of just barely oh, hear you. okay. Well, I, I hear you guys are playing next week in San Francisco. Yeah, we're down at uh, Maritime Hall on Sunday the 17th of January. Wow, that's, that's wild that you're still uh, doing that. It's hard to believe, isn't it? When is the last time that you guys talked? Was that, say, April 15th, 1978 at the Japanese Hall? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that long ago, but it's uh, definitely over uh, t 10, I'd say like, uh, you know, 13, 14 years. Yeah. Now, Joey, I was reading an old snot rag fanzine, and in it it said, <laughs> DOA's third gig was backing the Avengers over two nights. The first night of this two-day affair was a real beginning of DOA. They blew the Avengers off stage. The second night, the Avengers had their avenge, their revenge. Do you remember that at all? Uh, well, I remember we did two nights out at the Japanese uh, hall on uh, Alexander Street, and they're, they're, both nights were like a lot of fun. I think I remember once playing in Vancouver and somebody started a fire. 
inside the building we were playing in. Do you remember that? Yeah, I had something about that, that they eventually, I think the fire marshal cleared everybody out and they kicked us out of the hall at some point <laughs> or other. And I think the gig was moved the next night to a warehouse loft. That was after the Japanese hall gig. Oh, yeah. So, Joey, what was it like seeing Penelope and Avengers back then? Because that was like the first punk band you had met from out of town, wasn't it? Uh, I think that, uh, well, I, I try to think what preceded uh, that was actually, I think we met the Avengers first when we went to San Francisco in about the middle of 1978, and that was our first show, was uh, um, supporting uh, the Avengers at the fabulous uh, Mabuhe Gardens in San Francisco. Um, that was your at, first show ever? Pardon me? That was your first show ever? No, that was our first show with you. Oh, oh, oh. And then later on, when you came up in the fall, I think that's when we did the two nights at the Japanese Hall. Mm -hmm. um, but the first night in SF, that was we didn't have any gear, but I, ma I managed to meet up with uh, Will Shatter, rest his soul, and he uh, got me, uh, got us at, uh, first off, uh, Dirk Dirksen said, what the heck are you doing, you got no gear, so we end up with negative trends equipment. <laughs> oh, that was nice of them. It was very nice. There's one jam, Penelope. I don't know if you remember this one jam. It was, uh, it was you, uh, Avengers. All of you were over at uh, our place in South Burby, and we were having like a sort of a party gig down the basement. And uh, Jimmy was uh, playing bass, and uh, I was playing drums. And uh, we had everybody had smashed out all the light bulbs down the basement. <laughs> and uh, I looked over, and there was a candle on top of Jimmy's amp. There was only light in the entire basement as everybody thrashed around. And uh, somehow the candle got knocked over. I looked over as we were playing. Jimmy's bass amp was on fire, but he kept playing and was oblivious to it. <laughs> well, that sounds exactly like something that would have happened. And in true Canadian fashion, Joey, how did you douse the fire? I grabbed my beer and threw it on the speaker <laughs> that was on fire. Jimmy laughed, and we just carried on, still one speaker working. And to this day, Joey Shithead is still in trouble with Long and McQuaid. God rest their soul for borrowing that equipment. So see what you've done? Oh, no, I'm sorry. You know, I just have to say this one thing. Every time we came up to Vancouver, we'd be drinking Canadian beer, which is a lot stronger than American beer. And we always get more drunk than usual. So that's my, that's my lame excuse for anything that we might have done or might have happened around us. That always, that always, it always helped, that's for sure. Yeah. And I do also notice looking at your gigs that you've played, there's a big list of all your gigs on the cool website that you have there that you guys actually played together at the Berkeley International Cafe on April 14th, 1979. Yeah. I was wondering where you're getting all these dates from. I don't yes, I remember that show. Them. I have uh, one of those posters at home there, uh, Penelope and Nardwar. It has a big... Uh, uh, like leopard on the on the poster, actually. Yes, I remember that show. It was a very good one. It was like uh, it was a lot of fun uh, playing in Berkeley in those days. The Eye Cafe. We played there a couple times. Yeah, I think that for us going over the bridge to Berkeley seemed like a really long way. But now I live in Oakland, so I'm right here. You Americans always have like a long way to Berkeley, don't you? Or, or from Berkeley anywhere else? It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I remember once doing a show and then coming back in the Dills van over the bridge and leaning my head out the window and puking, and then the next day looking at their van and seeing this long stripe of dried puke on the side of their van. But that doesn't happen anymore. Well, you know, I, we used to like to when we did, uh, we did lots of shows with the Dills, too. One of my, one of my main memories was that we'd, 
there'd always be a signal that one of the two vans had run empty of beer, so we pull up beside and start passing all the beer in between the two vans at 65 <laughs> miles an hour, right? So try not to smash too many at the same time. Thank you, Joey, for phoning in here and talking to Penelope. This is your life, Penelope Houston. Oh, hey, my God, Joey, it Penelope, is. Before you go, uh, or before I go, Penelope, uh, I'll put you on the list for the show at the Maritime Hall on Sunday the 17th. So hope to see you there. Oh, that would be great. Okay, I'll put you down there at plus one. You take care. And Joey, do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have Penelope Houston from the Avengers, and also Penelope Houston, who's got many other releases out live here in the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. If you have any questions, actually, it's 822-2487. But continuing on here, Penelope, from Loser, the real Seattle music story. The sight of Patti Smith on screen at an underground film screaming organized by Tomata Duplenty of the Tupperwares, combined with the sight of the Sex Pistols on the NBC News show weekend, convinced the Tupperwares' 18-year-old bodyguard, Penelope Houston, to split for San Francisco and form the Avengers. <laughs> well, that's a little stretch of the truth, actually. I moved to San Francisco to go to art school, and I was hanging out. I went down to L.A. once and was actually the... The band, I met the band um, through the Art Institute, San Francisco Art Institute. Uh, Danny had gone there and had quit, but I met him there. And We had one show before I went to L.A. and, and was hanging out with um, Tomata and Tommy, who were friends of mine from Seattle. And that's, I think, hanging out with them made me realize that we had to do, we had to write all our own songs because our first show had been just cover songs. It had been a warehouse party. And I realized suddenly that we had to write original songs and just do it even though we didn't know what we were doing and that would be a better way to go. What do you remember about the scene in Seattle at all, T Penelope? Like the telepaths. Do you remember the telepaths? I remember the Tupperwares better than the telepaths because I hung out with them a lot. Because um, the telepaths turned into the blackouts who in turn kind of moved on and became ministry like Roland Barker and Bill Rieflin of the blackouts. You know, they moved to Chicago and started ministry and then were also in lard with Jello Biafra. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I didn't really know too many of those guys. Um, most of the people I knew ended up moving to L.A. with the Tupperwares who turned into the Screamers. And the funny thing is, before when I was in Seattle, what what was going on there was more like the Whiz Kids and kind of this whole wild um, um, trans uh, transsexual kind of like this whole wild thing going on of guys with beards and, and dresses on and and that kind of thing. And punk hadn't. Has, punk was just barely hitting at that point because that was in 76. How about the Fruitland Famine Band who turned into the enemy or the mice with Jim Bass Knight? Well, here's a funny story. I used to hang out with um, the Fruitland Famine Band and they were looking for a female singer before they got Susie. And I said, well, I can sing. And this is when I was about, I don't know, 17 or something. And they said, well, you're going to have to audition because they didn't believe me. And I was sort of too shy to audition. So I said, nah, that's okay. And then a year later, or a year and a half later, I was down in San Francisco, and I was leading the Avengers, and I remember they came to town, <laughs> opened for us as the enemy, and they said, well, hmm, we could have had Penelope as our singer, but we didn't. Is Corpus Christi about Bellevue, Washington? No. Because <laughs> that's where you're from, isn't it? That's like where you grew up, right, Bellevue? Well, I was born in L.A., but I, um, from about third grade till, till I 
moved away, I lived in Bellevue. Well, actually, I lived in Bellingham for a couple of years. I went to college there when I was 16. Wow, who were your college mates? Have you kept up with any of your Bellingham-itis people? Um, well, what's his name? Miles moved down to San Francisco, and he was in a band. Miles, Miles, Miles. Oh. Oh, wow. Miles Boysen. And he got into some kind of uh, experimental band down here that's played around for years. Um, and you... we did a lot of shows. On our way up to Vancouver, we would play Bellingham as well. Did your parents ever go see the Sonics or the Whalers or any of the 60s Northwest bands? No. They weren't into rock and roll at all. Was your mom a piano teacher? No. She actually, she was uh, a, condu an or a choral conductor. Do you remember the mentors at all with El Ducier? What? Do you remember the mentors? Oh, yeah, I remember the mentors, of course. Do you remember them from San Francisco or from Seattle? From Seattle, I remember them. Um, because we played Seattle a lot as well. We played the bird, um, and we would play with the mentors. There was quite a lot of traveling around between, between towns, between Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, and, and San Francisco. In L.A. as well. And we have Just another caller. Or you call can write down whatever. Uh, or, actually, tell him to call me back. I'm ready to the number. He can call me at 988. Okay. Hello? 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 Okay. Hello? Who are you? Who do you think it is? Your gearbox? Go ahead. Hey. Go ahead, caller 2. Oh, hey. Go ahead. Oh, hey. Rampage here. <laughs> Randy, hi. Hey, how are you doing, sweetie pie? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Now, who is Randy Rampage there, uh, Penelope <laughs> Houston? <laughs> That's a good question. It, or what is Randy Rampage? Well, well, there's one way to sum up Randy Rampage and to find out what exactly is going on about Randy Rampage. And it all can be summed up by this one little quote. Let's go ahead with Randy Rampage. Uh, did, when you were down in San Francisco, did you go to many crazy parties? Oh, fuck, all over, always, always. That's a, that's a party city, man. That's Do you remember any instance crazy. ones with the Avengers at all or with Penelope? Oh, or? Well, I mean, it's, like I said, there's just so many. I mean, all the time when we were there, we partied every night. You know? One I, I'll remember was the first time we were at, the, we were at their house. We, did, we, played, uh, we, just, we just played a show, actually, with the dope. At uh, Grove Street, uh, what was it called? Grove Street Community, the Gay Community Center, Grove Street Hall, or whatever they called it. It was the Gay Community Center, and uh, you know we'd uh, we drove back and we were partying at the Avengers house, and uh, we were all sitting there. We we're all drunk and really stoned, and you know just sort of trying to relax and kicking back. And all of a sudden there was an earthquake, and it was like the first time any of us had ever fucking experienced an earthquake. Right? It was really really bizarre. You know, it was just a really strange thing. I was, that was, you know, one of the first times we were, you know, probably the third or fourth time we'd been down there, and like I say, all of a sudden there was a fucking earthquake, right? It was really, uh, it was just, just one of the things that you remember, hey, we were sitting there partying, you know, smoking a few uh, doobies and, uh, you know, having a, having a few pops, and away we went. Uh, next thing you know, the whole fucking house is shaking. It's like, wow, what's going on? There's all these people from Vancouver that were with us, and everybody's like, what's going on? Oh, uh, the people from first like, ah, just a Randy Rampage. Hey, what's up? So what do you remember about the Avengers in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Uh, well, I remember the first time they came up here. They were sort of like the first band that we'd ever, you know, that we'd ever seen live. Um, 
you know, our first punk band. So we were, you know, like uh, obviously we didn't know what they were. We thought we were, well, they're going to be these snobby, snobby uh, L.A. or Frisco people, whatever. But uh, they turned out to be really cool people. They were excellent. They helped us out. We helped them out. I mean, uh, back then was the days of, like Joey was saying before on the show, uh, you know, where you showed up uh, a thousand miles from home with one snare drum and uh, a guitar with three strings on it and nothing else, and uh, everybody covered your ass. So... You know, that's uh, what it was all about. How about that particular earthquake? Do you remember that, Penelope? No, I'm being a good Frisco person. I don't remember that because we we had a lot of earthquakes, and I guess they just didn't make an impact except for the last big one. Hey, that was the night we all drove home in my Volkswagen, about eight of us, back to your place when Brad was given directions when he first moved there. Took us by back alleys every way for a 10-block drive. Took us about 45 minutes, you know. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, there was an incredible amount of camaraderie back then, and, and people would, you just come to town and you'd know you'd be able to stay on people's floors, and there was just no question about the hospitality. was always available between, you know, bands in, in San Francisco and, and Vancouver. Penelope, what's your Randy Rampage memory? Uh-oh. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess the first time I heard... The Randy Rampage version of Corpus Christi, and I realized that I hated hearing men singing my lyrics. <laughs> I'll bet. I think that's what it was. It was like, oh my god, oh my god. But um, I don't have any really racy tales to tell about Randy. When is the last time you guys have talked? I don't know. I've oh, must be ten been. years at least. Did you ever come to one of my acoustic shows in Vancouver? No, I, I, I wasn't at any of them, so, yeah. Oh, so I guess I haven't talked to you in 15 years? Yeah, that's it, probably, I'd say, like, it's, uh, you know, 12, 10, 12, at least, anyway. You've been playing an Annihilator, meanwhile, right, Randy? You got it. How about that for a name there, Penelope? Annihilator. <laughs> perfect. Does, does anyone ever hear from Brad Kent? Uh, he's out there somewhere. He's got to be there somewhere. He's, he's out there somewhere. We're, 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 um, what painted slogans did you have on your shirt, Randy Rampage? Oh, God, too many. I mean, I can't even remember what I used to have on there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny. That started from years ago. Was, you know, everybody riding on their, their shirts and uh, vests and jackets. And uh, when I went over to, to Europe with Annihilator, it's all these, you know, all these kiddies want to, you know, they want you to sign their, their jackets and their shirts and stuff. And I said, well, sure, I'll sign yours. But you got to sign mine. So I had this vest that as we went through Europe and then through the, uh, we did a whole tour in the States, 60 shows in the States after that. By the time I got back, I, this the whole vest, I've still got it. it it's got about, you know, 3,000 signatures from all these little <laughs> kitties all over it. And it just looks like a big mess, right? You know, that's but, cool. but it's really cool. I've kept it. I'm not getting, you know, but that's sort of the punk rock thing started that, you know, type of, type of thing. Well, thank you for playing with DOA. Thank you for playing with DOA, Penelope, and spawning Randy Rampage. Yeah, what a girl. <laughs> I wouldn't take quite that credit. <laughs> no, it was always fun. Randy, before you go, you got to tell us about you headlocking David Lee Roth. Me? Yeah, didn't you put David Lee Roth in a headlock? Oh, no. Dave, Dave, that, that's a, that story gets changed all the time. We were backstage at the Starwood one time, and uh, I was talking with Dave and uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. We, we'd done four shows uh, with X at the Starwood, and so I, all the, you know, all the uh, little glitter boys and everything from L.A. were out there, and 
David Lee Roth grabs Chuck in the hallway, he grabs biscuits in the hallway and just pops him against the wall and he's got his lips about two two inches from him and he's going, hey man, you know, you guys are just like Van Halen, it's just like uh, different packages, you know, man, and blah, 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 blah. And Chuck's screaming, no, no, ah, like it was the, you know, the devil incarnate there, you know, <laughs> trying to get away from Dave and Dave just wouldn't let him go. So that was that, was that story. Well, thanks for phoning in, Randy Rampage. Anything else like to add to Penelope Houston? Yeah, uh, are you playing in town, Penelope? Uh, I don't know the next time I'll come up there, but I'm sure let everybody know. Are you going to be in town for a while? Um, in San Francisco? No, no, in Vancouver. Actually, Penelope's I mean, now. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Oakland right now. Oh, yeah. Going from Oakland. Right. So you're, you're living in Oakland, eh? Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll be down that way uh, in a while. If you could uh, leave a number with Nardwa where I can get a hold of you, I'll get a hold of you when I'm down that way. Sure. All right. Great talking to you, huh? Okay. okay. Randy Rampage, thanks for phoning in, and doot doot loot do You got her, bud. Take Rand- care. Randy, doot doot loot do Yeah! And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, Columbia, Canada, and an Radio Human Severe Radio Show. And we have Penelope Houston here live on the phone because the Scavengers, or I guess Avengers, have recorded a couple new songs, new old songs, and they've got a brand new LP that's coming out, I think, uh, in February, coming up, right? That's February? Yeah, mid- actually, it's an Avengers live LP with three re-recorded songs on it. So oh, it's not all really new, but it is um, all live, and a lot of these songs never came out before. Continuing on, from Making Tracks, The Rise of Blondie, Debbie Harry, once she talked about some party in the book where she went to a party with the tubes and Blondie that turned ugly, and it says, quote, (laughs) Penelope jumped on someone and bit his arm, enraging him to the limit. Later, the guy who's been bitten apparently took out a contract on Penelope because during an Avengers gig, somebody ran up on stage and bit her. Well, that's a little twist of the truth, but um, there was this concert after a Blondie show, and I was hanging out with um, Clem Burke and Jimmy from from Blondie, and they, for some reason, couldn't get into the party. And it was when they were playing with Iggy, and David Bowie was, was also playing with Iggy. And so there was all these hot shots at the party, and when we got there... Uh, Chris Stein and Debbie Harry were already inside, and, and we tried to get in, and they said no. And, and Clam said, hey, we're in Blondie, you know, let us in. So um, there was a little scuffle, and Jimmy ended up kicking in their front door, which was all glass. And uh, it belonged to the tubes, the, the warehouse where the party was belonged to the tubes. And one of the tubes, and I can't remember which one it was, came out, and he got Jimmy in a stranglehold. And he was pretty much lifting him off the ground, and I bit this guy in the arm, and he let go of Jimmy and, <laughs> and went in there, and apparently his arm swelled right up. As human bites can sometimes do that. I bit him pretty damn hard. And then later, I think somebody passed me a napkin um, at one of our shows that said that, you know, that my life was in danger and I was going to be killed because because I bit, the, bit this guy in the tubes, but um, bit somebody in the... <laughs> That sounds weird, doesn't it? Bit this guy in the tubes, but I bit him in the arm. Uh, but nobody ever bit me back. And you never... Okay, that's good. Uh, well, speaking of biting, do you have any Carla Mad Dog controller memories at all? Oh, yeah. Carla and I used to hang out together all the time. and We had a great time. Didn't she once save you from, like, being... From a cop? You were on stage at a gig and, like, a cop pulled guns on you guys? Um, that was in L.A. I think that was Larchmont Hall. There was, there were, the cops started 
busting all the punk shows for some reason during this one period, and I think it was in 78. And I remember this rent-a-cop came on stage, and um, he pointed his gun at Danny, and I remember just being outraged and yelling and screaming at him, not thinking, of course, that anyone was going to shoot me. But it was pretty crazy. Like, that's but, pretty, uh, that's... I think I did save Carla once from... She, we were at a Black Flag show that was in some warehouse, and she fell over and hit her head on the speaker, and we ended up taking her to two different hospitals because the first one said, no, she doesn't have a health insurance, we're not going to take her. And she was basically passed out. We were dragging her around from hospital to hospital because she'd hit her head, and she was having some kind of concussion. Penelope, is it true the Avengers blew the pistols away at the Winterland? Of course. How wet did you get from the spit on stage there? Were you sick afterwards? <laughs> Uh, I didn't think I got hit too much, but the, the nuns who opened the show had gotten a lot of spit um, at them. And when, when we went out onto the stage to start our set, the first thing that happened to me as I approached my microphone was I slipped on a giant loogie. And I almost fell, but I caught myself just the last second. And, and from that point on, which was just the beginning of our set, I was careful about where I placed my feet. The backstage party looked incredible. Like, did you talk to Johnny Rotten much or McLaren at all? Uh, McLaren wasn't there, wasn't really to be seen at all. Um, I had a couple words with Sid and uh, maybe a couple words with Johnny, but not, they weren't really hanging out at all. Did so not, did we not... were left to be the punk rockers, and, and there were millions of, millions of photographers and, and journalists there, so we ended up putting on like this big show and throwing popcorn and beer all over everybody and having a little ridiculous punk rock moment, which is... Well, um... Documented. Well documented. Did Malcolm McLaren once give you a fluorescent-colored mohair sweater, Penelope Houston? No. No gifts like that? No, No, I don't know where you're getting all these stories from. How about Bill Graham? Did he schedule any more Avengers shows for you after Winterland? Cause no, I mean, he sure didn't. He hated punk rock. He hated it, and the only reason he had that show was because he thought he could make some money off And he did pay you 250 bucks, right? That's right. Was that the well, most? Well, we made more than that when we played the Mabuhe. How about Steve Jones? Who actually wrote your tune second to none? Because the professionals' tune, one, two, two, three, four, is just like a remake of your Avengers tune, second to none. Yeah, it's a song he wrote. It's called um, Second to None or One, Two, Three, Baby. And he came out and um, produced a four song EP with us. And convinced us to do this one song of his so we did three of our songs and one of his songs because on the professionals record it doesn't give you any credit so it was a hundred percent his song then well there's probably different lyrics on that song as to the one that we did because this seems like a bit of a sore point like steve jones had the song that he wrote with you and he has it on his own record but he doesn't give the avengers any credit no no i think that it was mostly his song and i might have changed a couple of the lyrics just to make it suit myself better it was really his song did he really put up his own money for the recording of that single? He put up some money, and then um, he got called away uh, by McLaren, and they were having some kind of big... The sex pistols were breaking up, and it was a big mess, and then we ended up paying paying off the studio and, and taking the tape. Because that's kind of what screwed the Avengers are big time, the death of Sid Vicious, like, because Sid Vicious dies and everybody looks for money. Is that what happened? And then Jones takes the masters that he did the recording with you guys, takes them back to England, and then you guys have to end up buying them back. What an asshole that guy was. No, no, was. we didn't buy them back from him. We bought them back from the studio. But it seems... He didn't finish paying for them, so we ended up paying for them. 
but it seems wild, like, Sid Vicious died, and then Jones takes the master tapes back with him? No, he didn't do that. But wasn't he in England for an... It took an entire year to get the stuff back, though, didn't it? No. We got it from the studio after they... They... After a certain amount of time of it not being paid for, I think they put it up for sale, something like that. So there was a... How come there was nobody to come to the rescue to you guys? Like, wasn't that... <laughs> There was nobody to come to the rescue of any punks back then. But, like, didn't De Debbie Harry want to help out? Or wasn't there anybody that was going to help you get out of this Jones debacle? These tapes are waiting to get paid for and you don't have any cash. There was, like, no label. You had all these great tunes and no nobody wanted to help you? Well, actually, uh, we ended up getting it on a label, but we recorded, we redid the vocals and we ended up putting a different song. We put Corpus Christi on instead, which is one of the songs I wrote with Brad, uh, Brad Kent. And we put it out on this L.A. label called White Noise, which was our biggest release, I guess. It was a, it was a four-song 12-inch, and the only thing we'd done before that was on Danger House label in L.A., which was a three-song 7-inch. So while we were together, actually, it might have come out actually after we broke up as well. Um, and then the album didn't come out until years and years later when it was kind of a scraped-together sort of an album. Did you see the Sex Pistols reunion at all, Penelope? No, I didn't. Have you talked to Steve Jones? No. Is that still a sore point? Like, did it's did Steve to blame for the delay of the Avengers release? That's what I guess I'm curious about. No, no, no. I, I want to blame it on Steve. Point. He just kind of abandoned the project, but it wasn't a big deal. And um, the fact that I haven't spoken to him is because I don't really know him and don't have anything in common with him. <laughs> I don't think. I think he lives in L.A. I, I don't really know. Because you guys weren't really happy with the Steve Jones mixes anyways and remixed them anyways, right? I re-recorded all the vocals, yeah. What was it like playing the deaf club, like where you're deaf? Like the deaf club. That was like deaf people, right? The, the deaf, deaf club was great. It was actually, it was a real deaf club, and the people that ran the bar were deaf, and you'd have to write down your order on a little um, pad of paper. And the people that hung out there who were deaf liked liked it because they could feel the music. It was so loud, and they didn't care how loud we got. Um, and a lot of punks would hang out there and had a real casual kind of feel to it. There was no... Nobody was shaking their finger at us and saying, turn it down. It was a really cool place to play. With your brand-new Lookout release, Penelope, you guys recorded I Want In, Crazy Homicide, and The End of the World. Are there any plans for a gig at all? Well, actually, we're having um, two record release parties, one in... Berkeley at Fink and Gilman, and the other one in San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall. And that, that'll be at the end of February, which is when the record's supposed to hit the stores. So um, it's not going to be an Avengers reunion, but the, the band that I put together with Greg from the Avengers and a kind of a super punk <laughs> rhythm section, which is Joel from the Mr. T Experience and Danny, who was in uh, Screeching Weasel and the Groovy Ghoulies, uh, is going to play drums. So they're my rhythm section, and then Greg from the Avengers is playing guitar. And Penelope Houston, we have another caller. Caller, are you there? Hi. Go ahead. Hi, Pete. It's Brad. Brad, hi. <laughs> Everybody's calling in. It's like great? old home day or something. Hey, I'm having Joe's problem here. Oh, you, you're not, you, you want, you, uh, maybe turn up your radio just a tiny bit. I'm even in a room with the radio. Uh, okay, well, uh, well, we, we'll, we'll crank it for you. We'll crank it for you there. So, well, first off, Brad, uh, you were, you, how, what, well, did, when was the last time you spoke to Penelope? Wow, I guess, well, with 87? Yeah, I was in town playing a show and you were there. 
Yeah, I was kind of in a bad mood that night, wasn't I? I was a jerk. Sorry. There you are. Bill came down and he said, I should have brought my amp, man. Like, I could have blown your guitar player off stage, but my band was totally acoustic, so. Yeah. It's kind of a funny thing to say. I should have brought my acoustic. No, I'm sorry. I was a bit out of, hand, out, out of bounds that night. That's anyway. all is forgiven. I think it's so great, though, that Brad was part of the Avengers. Like, you got a Canadian to actually join the Avengers. Now, why did Greg quit Bring the Avengers? I forced myself upon them. Why did, <laughs> why did Greg quit the Avengers? Why did Greg quit an Avengers Penelope? Well, you'd have to ask Greg that. Um, but one of the reasons he'd probably tell you is that Danny Furious was driving him crazy. Danny's a really intense person. For one person. reason. And then he had some girlfriend things going on. I don't know. It was a personal decision. And why did Brad join the Avengers? Why did Brad join the Avengers? Nature pours a vacuum. So we needed somebody and he was there. So was it to bring a new sound to the Avengers? Because looking at snot rag number 15, this is a quote from Brad way back in the 70s. I'm expecting a call from the Avengers. They want to change their style. And, there's no, and they're not exactly sure what they want to do. Oh, that's from me? That's from you. Oh, uh, it can be. So did you get Brad to change your style, though? Not at all. That's ridiculous. I went down there and, and tried to copy Greg as best I could, man. The guy was great, right? Yeah. Well, well, we did kind of... There was a, a, a style change at that point, but... Yeah, it a was, We bit. did try to do the same songs, but then we ended up writing Corpus Christi, and that was a, a great song, which a lot of people think of as well, the best. did we write another one called Release Me? Yeah, that, that was a good one. Song, right? Unfortunately, we don't have any good tapes of that. That's too bad. That's too bad. What, yeah. were, the, what were the two songs that Brad performed on, like Corpus Christi and Cheap Tragedies? Are those the only ones that have been released that Brad are on Penelope? I think that's true. I think I, I think I've only heard myself just being on the one. So Penelope, when did you see, first see Brad perform? Was that with DOA? Yeah, that would have been with DOA. Yeah, oh yeah. Because Brad was asked to join the Avengers without an addition. I mean, people in San Francisco must have been really mad. Like, here's a guy from Vancouver getting the gig. Guitar players did come <laughs> up to me. Yeah. A lot of guitar players came up to me. And, how the hell did you get in that band? You know, point blank. How the hell did you get in that band? And it was like, mm, well, you know, um, whatever. No, was it? No, Brad, you said it was because D Joey was mentioning this before. DOA created such a stir when they played the Fab Mab the first time. Well, it's like Randy and Joe both said, though, right? How we all became friends and stuff. And it was just like, you know, it was just a. I was just lucky enough to have the, you know, the chance to do that, right? I turned my radio on. Can you hear that? Yeah, we can hear it. Loud and clear. <laughs> but, like, it was, but, but he was. So anyway, you know, I think Carla was down there. Carla Mad Dog, both like before. Um, her and. Um, Zip called me up and said, oh, You're breaking no. up. You're breaking up, Brad. You're breaking up. Oh, am I? I don't know why. Oh, no. Now you're better. No, I was just going to say, the gig, when you saw DOA down there, Brad was saying, Penelope, that it was a real wild gig, that it was actually voted one of the wildest gigs ever at the Fab Mab, like number one wildest Flaming Groovies, The Damned, and DOA. Do you remember that gig that you saw Brad playing with DOA? Uh, they were there that night, no? I, I'm sure I was First there. Night, DOA ever we played there, I believe. But really, the all big blur. But really, the main factor. Oh yeah. The it main, is. the main factor in getting Brad Kent, a Canadian, into the Avengers, possibly the greatest band, if Back. not the greatest band ever, was all due to one individual named Zippy Pinhead. Correct. Do you help recommend getting Brad in the Avengers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was staying with him, living on the couch, and. Uh, 
they uh, they were talking about uh, what they were going to do for a guitar player <laughs> because uh, Greg had left the band because uh, uh, I remember Greg's girlfriend didn't want him to play in the band anymore. So I, you know, and I remember them specifically telling me, no, Zippy, don't call Brad. And I think the first thing I did was run down to the run down to the phone booth and give him a call. <laughs> and he was down. He was down. And within like two days, I said, Brad, you gotta get on the first plane down here, like right fucking now, or somebody else is gonna scoop the gig. And he was down within about two days, and he got the gig. Because his name had been bantered around, but they just kept going. Ah, no, you know, he can't show up. Uh, you know, you know, he, he's in Vancouver. We're here. And I went, oh, if that's all it is. And Brad came down there. Yeah, and he got the gig. So, <laughs> I always show up. I always show up. Never That's the fail. real reason that Brad was in the band, because he showed up. So, <laughs> Zippy Pinhead to the rescue, eh, Penelope? Oh, yeah. I won't be surprised if he's the one calling next. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're being set up. This is, this is frightening. You know, last time I was in Vancouver, I saw all these people I knew from the old days, and I got this feeling like Vancouver is a really small town. Remember we met? Uh, didn't we meet? We met at Expo. Remember in the what was that Egyptian thing? That what was that? Um, Ramses yeah. or something? Yeah, I yeah. remember that King Tut. No, it was Ramses. It was a collection of Ramses. Ran the the the, the big Ramses. Oh. The big Ram Ramses. Something like that. Anyway, that was kind of cool. That was at Expo. Brad, yeah. six. So what do you think there, Penelope? Brad. I was just gonna say if you stop interrupting us. We could talk for a minute. No. <laughs> no I was just, <laughs> just going to say that. I think that's great. You and Greg uh, are doing that, putting that record out and uh, redoing those tracks. That's excellent. Yeah, I'm really happy with the way it came out. Yeah, and, good. Uh, well, from what little like I've it. heard of it, it sounds great. So, Penelope, what do you think? Brad, guitar, Randy Rampage, bass, Zippy Pinhead, drums, Greg, guitar, you vocals, the Avengers. Sounds extremely loud. On, yeah, with a Canadian the, the, accent. Well, I know. We'll just use our acoustics then. <laughs> so before you were in DOA... Plug is in. <laughs> before you were in DOA, Brad, you were in Victorian pork, and you had like a ripped shirt and sleeveless jean jacket look. Quick, but Let me tell you a quick Victorian pork story, right? I was talking to the old bass player from Victorian pork. He's got a 14-year-old daughter, and she's really into, into the old stuff, listening to the old man's 45s and stuff, and the Avengers and all those bands, DOA, you name them, they're all there. And uh, so actually we've all decided that just for fun, we're going to put Victorian Pork back together, except for we're going to have Tony's 14-year-old um, daughter, Alexis, do Penelope, <laughs> and whoever else she does, right? So yeah, we're going to play a bunch of Avengers songs and, you know, everybody's songs, right? And when you, <laughs> when, you were the, when you were in the Avengers, Brad looked a lot less scruffy. Did you clean up Brad, Penelope? He looked less scruffy, really? Yeah, less scruffy, because Brad, you know, Victorian pork, he had, you know, ripped jean jackets, you know, the more, but in Avengers, it was less scruffy. Did I was doing exactly what Penelope said before, we were just copying the slimy limeys, right? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, until we realized, hey, we don't need to do this, you know, we can look cool all by ourselves, right? What do you think about at the end of the Avengers, Penelope, too? I'm looking at a picture here taken by Al Flipside. I think it was from one of your last gigs in L.A., and you, like, have long hair, wristbands, a belt. And he was saying, and Nazina was saying, it sounded a bit more metally towards the end there. Did, did it change? Did you look differently towards the end? I, I think that, that Brad could be credited for some of the more, the more metal aspects of the sound. But I actually think it sounded a little more... Um, like the Patti Smith group at the end. 
Things got a little bit more psychedelic, actually. We were doing some weird songs at the end there. Remember yeah. that we did that one, that, which I really didn't like doing, which one Danny insisted upon doing. Uh, what, what was it? Lou Reed song or something? There was... You know, beginning to see the light. Oh, oh beginning to see the light, man. right. That, that was a little to, bit psychedelic. That used to drive me nuts, that song. But then there was that weird one that we wrote. I could probably remember the first couple Finger of chords of it, trigger. but after that, I forget it. It's really weird, really weird, grindy tune. It was something. I think something. that yeah, there was one called Finger on the Trigger That's on Misery. It. That's the one. And that one was pretty... Um, pretty weird, yeah. It was pretty far out. Yeah, that was a really weird tune. Yeah, we kind of were getting psychedelic at the end. In an, yeah. old, in an old issue of Flipside as well, Penelope, you mentioned that when Brad came in, it probably slowed down song production a bit. Well, when I came in, I had to learn what was already there, right? Yeah, and, that's always the case. When you when you have to teach people new, you know, yeah. the songs that you already have, you're spending all this time learning. Yeah, give me a break. It took a while to catch up. Hey, man. 18 songs or 20 songs or 25 songs, and then... From that point on, you start writing. Yeah, so, which is yeah, exactly what we did. Yeah. So, Penelope, what caused... Pressure in us, dude. What caused the pressure? What caused the pressure of the breakup, speaking of the word pressure, of the Avengers? Hey, you wait, guys? wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 I don't want to be a part of this nightmare. No. <laughs> what? Go ahead, go no, ahead. Penelope, what caused the breakup of the Avengers? I, I actually wasn't one of the ones that decided to break the band up. I think it was more Jimmy and Danny, but I'm, I'm not sure. I just remember people decided... We're breaking yeah, up well, the band, I think, and I, I thought, well, I'm leaving town, and I went to L.A. Do you think it was part of Danny wanting to stay underground at all, Penelope? No, I think that we just went as far as we could, and there wasn't any, you know, there wasn't any college radio, there wasn't any labels that were signing punk bands. There just wasn't yeah, a way yeah, to get was, further, yeah. you know, further along in what we wanted to do, and there was no support um, from labels or or. or record or radio station so i think we were a bit frustrated and people felt like they wanted to change things Definitely, but yeah, yeah. it's hard to change with the same with the Give same format i mentioned this earlier about guns and stuff but it happened again on the streets of seattle you remember having a gun pulled on you brad you were saying with penelope Just walking down the street well we we knew uh um Saw a band in, in Seattle, the, I think it was The Enemy they were called, and we were walking down the street with them after seeing their studio or whatever, and I guess we just, uh, guns got pulled on us all the time, it seemed like, but just once when we were walking down the street, this cop got a little under, uh, I guess narcotics officer or something, got a little carried away, pulled his gun on us, it happened quite a bit. Do you remember that at all, Penelope? No, yeah. I don't remember that, but it's Think, certainly yeah, you know, possible it could there's, so there's so many millions of things to remember, right? It's hard <laughs> to remember them all, you know? But I mean, that's pretty punk to have a gun pulled on you, Penelope. That's pretty punk. <laughs> well, she remembers the one in L.A. Yeah. That was a pretty interesting one, it, for sure. It's, um, it's weird. It is like this is your life or something, because there's tons of stuff that happened with the Avengers. People came up to me when I moved back to San Francisco in the 80s and said, do you remember when you guys played with us and you felt that we didn't get enough money, so you gave us $100 from your door fee? And I just looked at, this was, um, well, I think it was Olga or somebody, or Heidi, one of the people that were in Versus, and I said, no, I sure don't remember that, and if you ever want to lend me that $100 back, I can I use it right now because I'm broke. No, Brad, do you hey, think... Hey, I just got a record from someone who has your autograph on it first. I've got quite a few of them this year, right? People, people have been phoning up Brad the whole past year, Penelope. He's been, you're, you're ready for these Avengers interviews, aren't you, Brad? Well, I almost feel like I got a little, I got a, a little spiel worked out, right? Because it seems like everywhere I go lately, and 
and when I'm on tour, like whether it's Edmonton or Montreal, people always, if they find out I'm the Avengers, I don't know, of all bands, uh, you know, other Avengers DOA, they always go, blah, 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 you know, what was the deal on that, right, you know? So, yeah, it's kind of cool, actually. It's really cool, you know, it's come in handy a lot of times. Brad, can we please play that little clip of you talking about what Oh, that's so silly, though. Oh, oh, no, just... Please, that little clip. This is Brad. Is it okay, Brad, to play this? Oh, it's... man. All right, go ahead. Okay. You must have your way, but I... it's ridiculous. It's silly. i got to get okay. off this phone. <laughs> Sorry, P. I don't mean to ruin your interview. Oh, hold on. Hold on here, Penelope. Hold on, uh, Hold on, Brad. This is, what, this is what you get when you're part of the Avenger legacy, Penelope. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This, is oh, Brad's, this is Brad and the Avenger legacy. But uh, one time I was working for DOA, and we were in uh, Santa Cruz. And uh, this black limousine, this black Mercedes pulls up, right? It's two beautiful girls get up, just perfect Californian dolls, right? And, uh, you know, Ken Lester and Joe and them are all standing out around the truck. And I was in the back sleeping on fucking fucked right up, too. <laughs> on pills and that drunk. Oh, God. I forgot that Santa Cruz was only like 100 miles away from Frisco. I thought I'd have lots of time to sleep it off. Right? Anyway, this black Mercedes pulls up, and they start, oh, yeah, this is the band. And they went, oh, yeah, these guys, you know, Ken and the DOA boys go, mm, look at this. They're looking for the band. And then just at the last second when they thought their hopes were high, they went, it's a guy named Brad Kent. with you guys on this tour? You know, he used to be the guitar player for the Avengers. And they went, oh, no. Uh, you know, yeah, he's in the back. So they, these girls yank me out of the back of the car, throw me in the back of their car, and whisk me off to their house, right, where they had uppers and downers and lots of nice booze and the single and the EP were playing. And I had a good time. They took me to the gig, and the event DOA guys were like, you yeah, son of a bitch. And then Ken fired me. <laughs> we don't behave like that anymore. <laughs> so thank well, I'm glad that you behave like that no more. From being in the band. That, that was ridiculous. It follows, could you? It follows Brad everywhere. It's, it's amazing. It's an, it, it's an amazing... To have a Cana- thank you for having a Canadian in the Avengers, Penelope. Thank you. <laughs> hey, P. But it's really all to do with Zippy Pinhead. Where is Zippy Pinhead? Hey, he's waiting to get on. I'm going to get off the line. I bet you have Zippy's next, isn't he? I bet you already got him sussed out wherever. He's probably there live in the studio. This is scary. Actually, Brad, though, after the Avengers, just to update Penelope, you had some interesting offers. You turned down an offer to join the Dead Kennedys? Well, it was a quick offer. It was a long, long time. It goes right after I left the Avengers, or the Avengers broke up, whatever the situation. And yeah, I got asked, but I turned it down. I was very confused, naive, young, stupid little punk rocker at the time. And then after that, you turned down an offer to be in the professionals with Steve Jones. Well, he called me and Randy. He called me and Randy and asked us if we wanted to do it. And uh, we were doing something else, and we said no to that as well. And then you also turned down a chance to play with Joan Jett as well. Same thing. We Danny went. We actually gave Danny a ride down to L.A. to do Joan Jett, and she was. There was times when she was looking for another guitar player and bass player, and our names came up. But you know. And you were also in a band called the 45s with Carla Mad Dog and Randy Rampage and Heather. And while you were in L.A., you turned out. We did out- do that. We did do that for a while. Hey, this is Penelope's interview. Listen. Oh no, but I was say you turned down a chance to open up for Pill. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, well, we turned that down, too, because we got fucked up. But, Brad, you <laughs> will always be an Avenger, right, Penelope? Brad will definitely always be one of the Avengers. Jonathan Postal, on the other hand, I never no. consider him an Avenger. No, he is not an Avenger. We did, he, he, forget that, dude. Wherever you got that, forget it. Oh, 
Okay, thanks for phoning in, Brett. Anything else you like? I'd like to talk to you later on sometime. If you feel like it, leave your number with this character if you trust him, and I'll get it off you later. Okay. Or hey, take care. Uh, Brad, yeah. thanks for phoning in. Talk to you soon. Uh, okay, Nardwar. Thanks a lot, man. And Brad, doot-doodaloot-doo. No, no. Oh, yeah, that's okay. No, no, that's great. Thanks. Okay. okay, hey, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Love you. Bye. Rock on. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show here, winding up with Penelope Houston of, um, well, how do we describe you, Penelope? Uh, Penelope Houston of the Avengers, or what, or how are we, how are you call, going by? Well, actually, for the first time ever, I saw um, a mention since one of the nuns died, I think it was Richie. One of the nuns died, and they had a thing in the San Francisco Chronicle or Examiner that said the nuns who helped Penelope Houston and the Avengers blow the Sex Pistols off stage back in 1978. And it's the first time that the Avengers have ever been called Penelope Houston and the Avengers. So I thought, oh, finally that means my name is more has more uh, recognition value than, than the Avengers does. But... Um, I guess I just go with Penelope Houston. The brand new Avengers LP is coming out with the three new songs you're mentioning. Was the CD Presents LP released with your consent? This was a little while back. No, actually, that came out while I was in Europe. And uh, Danny and Jimmy had more to do with that thing coming out. And uh, I just, people kept telling me, oh, there's this Avengers album out. And finally, when I was back in the States, I looked them up and, and um, worked it out. Is it true that they did a lot of bootlegs, CD Presents? Um, I, I, I don't know. I know that, that people told me that they had the uh, video of the Avengers live at Winterland, which they sold in their catalog, but I haven't actually seen that. How um, did you get hooked up with CD Presents in the first place? Was it through David Ferguson or Danny? How did you get, how'd you, why did you sign a contract with them? It was so bad. It had already been signed by all the other Avengers, so it wasn't really necessary for me to sign it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's uh, it's just an ugly legalistic story, which I, I don't really want to go into. But he, at one time, wanted to manage the Avengers and kind of hung out with the band um, after Brad had joined, kind of around that period, during the last six months that the Avengers were together. It, it's, is it true about the CD Presents guy wanting to sell his whole back catalog to a major label for like a million bucks? Because I was thinking like, oh, look out records, they got lots of money. He said a couple million, that's what I heard. <laughs> and, and that's why the classic tracks, the classic Avenger tracks are not on this release in studio form because you can't get them from CD Presents because he wants to sell his whole catalog? They're out of print and he's not releasing, he's not releasing it to anybody and he doesn't want to sell the Avengers album as a separate item he wants to sell his whole catalog so because i know that different people have been interested different labels and they but they don't they don't seem to want to deal with him because i mean that's a ridiculous amount and his catalog doesn't really have anything in it worth that's of, of any value except for the avengers record you played vancouver a few years ago brad was mentioning with the acoustic thing weren't you supposed to play vancouver as well i think a little while after that but you had to cancel due to the demise of snake finger like you had to pick up snake finger's body or something boy you've got all kinds of mixed up stories here don't you i can't believe it it's kind of like um inquiring you know the national inquirer here um no, I don't remember that ever happening. I'm sure that there might have been some gigs in Vancouver that didn't that that fell through, but not at the last minute or anything like that. Snake Finger was a house painter by day. Not that I know of. And color, are you there? Color, go ahead. 
Caller, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Go ahead to Penelope Houston. Penelope, how are you doing? Good. I have a question for you. What do you feel that your best song uh, that you ever recorded was uh, during your time with the band? With the Avengers? Yeah, with the Avengers. Well, gee, it would either be Car Crash, which we did right at the beginning of our career, or it would be um, Corpus Christi, which is a song I wrote with Brad Kent. That's which cool. We did right at the end. Okay. I think those are my, those are my favorite. And, well, and the American and me. And, and just for information, Nardware did used to work for the National Enquirer, so. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Thank you, caller, and do-do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. If you're out there, Zippy Pinhead, please phone in. Please, Zippy. What do you remember about Zippy Pinhead at all there, Penelope? What do you remember about Zippy Pinhead? Well, I remember when we would go up to Vancouver, um, both Zippy and Chuck Biscuits were like these really young kids, and they were getting fucked up with everybody drinking beer and generally, you know, being punk rockers. And I just remember their, their little baby faces. I mean, we were only 19 and 20 at the time, but they were like 13 and 14 or something like that. So I always remember them, you know, Zippy's cherubic grin. You were the mom? He was the baby. He was Zippy. And let's see if you remember this incident at all. Penelope Houston of the Avengers Live on a Nerdwide Human Serviette radio show. I, mean, I remember one night I got so drunk I walked right into their bedroom and opened up the opened up their uh, drawer of their clothes and pissed in it. And Daddy goes, Zippy, what are you doing? I go, oh, I'm just going to the bathroom. And I was so blind drunk I didn't realize that I was peeing on their clothes in their drawer. And I just, you know, casually put zip my pants back up and walk back to my bedroom and passed out like nothing was happening. Next day, they tell me, Zippy, do you know what you did last night? Penelope's down there doing the laundry right now. Fuck, are you in trouble? I went, oh, man. That's a pretty good story. And that's why they only give you a dollar a day, right? <laughs> Something like that. Zippy was a roadie for you guys, and then he pissed on your clothing? Well, I have no memory of that, but that sounds perfectly possible. It sounds exactly like something that would have happened. Um, you gave him a... Yeah, we had this house that, that uh, Danny and I were living in, and then Jimmy was living there, and then it was basically a two-bedroom a two flat in San Francisco in the Mission District, and then... Zippy came and stayed with us in the front room, probably. And then gr when Brad came down, he didn't have anywhere to live, so he was living with us as well. So it was the whole band living in this one flat. And when we used to get paid, I would take the money for the rent, and I'd take the money for the utilities and the gas and the water and everything, and I'd put it in different coat pockets in my closet. And then when it came time to pay the rent, I would be going through every coat in the closet looking for my money. Because I didn't... For some reason, I didn't have a bank account. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. It was, a, it was a pretty crazy time. You gave Zippy a tattoo called Zip, and you also gave some other people in Vancouver tattoos, like the Double Zero One Losers Club tattoo. You were big into tattoos back then? <laughs> oh, my God. We used to all get drunk, and then I, for some reason, offered people to give them tattoos, and um, there's a number of tattoos that I gave, which I kind of forgot about, but generally... Both the person receiving and the person giving would be pretty out of it. Who were the other Avenger roadies that you had? Weren't there young female brunette twins, I think Georgia and India, that you had as roadies as the Avengers? Don't remember that at all. 
Sounds good, though. Like kind of a National Enquirer kind of slant on things. And Penelope, was there ever a reggae cover band that you guys were in featuring some members of the Dills, speaking of Zippy and the Avengers, called Police and Thieves? Uh, that might be something that happened because the, the Dills were really into reggae. But I don't think I, I don't, I don't know. Could be. So at the end of the Avengers, you were offered a contract to get into the movies with Renee Dodler. Have you been in any movies? Did anything result from that? Um, there was one movie that ended up coming out, I think, on video. It featured most of the Screamers. Uh, Tomato Duplenty of the Screamers was the star. And I might have had some little... It, what I ended up doing for it might have been edited down some little bit, but I think it was called um, Year Zero or something like that. Year Zero, and I think it came out on video in the Netherlands and in Japan. That's <laughs> what I've heard. But I haven't really kept up with Renee, so I don't really know what happened. Any other movies at all? Because I was reading another quote where you said you had many unrealized projects and false starts in the movie world. Um, there were just, a, you know, I, I've been in a bunch of different student movies um, over the years from before then when I was just a kid living in Seattle to to when I lived in L.A. as well. And some of those ended up being shown in student film festivals and stuff like that, but... Um, nothing, you know, nothing Hollywood. Nothing on the dusty shelves of a two-four-hour video store in no, the suburb. No, I don't think so. <laughs> How about the Avengers theme? When you guys did re-recording of those three new songs, I heard that you re-recorded a version of Corpus Christi with Billy Joe of Green Day, and you were actually trying to get that into the Avengers movie. Well, actually, um, Howie Klein, who's the president of Reprise, which is the label that that, that I'm on now. He suggested that I get together with Billy and write a song, and we co-wrote a song together uh, called The Angel and the Jerk. And then when we went to record it um, with Billy Joe and Joel from Mr. T Experience and Danny Panic, uh, we also decided to do two other songs as long as we were going to be in the studio. We thought we might as well get a couple songs out of it. So we did a version of Corpus Christi, which I think was Billy Joe's favorite Avenger tune, and that was his idea. And then we did a version of one of my songs called New Day. And Howie Klein, whose idea it was for us to get together, he did try to get Corpus Christi into the Avengers movie, but um, I don't think it you know, didn't get on the soundtrack. So. And how about that song you wrote with Billy Joe of Green Day? That's supposed to be on another soundtrack for the TV show Friends. Now that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Corpus Christi may be getting in the movie The Avengers, and then the song, you know, a song getting into Friends. That's pretty good. That would be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, but it, I don't know what's happening with that soundtrack. It keeps getting pushed back. So. When you recorded your record, your new record, like your new Penelope Houston record, has it gone trip-hop? Because I heard at first you were folk, then you did Pogue-style folk rock, and I heard that your new record is trip-hop, Penelope Houston. Well, there's some beats on it. Um, there's About half the songs don't have any drums. They just have um, com you know, beats that were computer-generated, but it's not really trip-hop. It's actually more just pop rock, I would say. How soon after you did the Avengers did you go folk? Like you were going doing folk, acoustic-based folk music. Three... It started in '84, so, so so it was a good uh, five years later. A lot of fans felt you kind of disappeared until you did those backing vocals and that Howard Devoto solo album. Well, what I did was I went to LA and I was working with Renee Dalder, the who's the Dutch movie director and producer, and 
nothing really came of that. So it, I guess it seemed like I disappeared, but I was actually in L.A. trying to work on this thing. And then I moved to England, and that's when I did uh, a little bit of work, um, vocals with, with Howard DeVoto. And you had to try out to do background vocals for Howard DeVoto? You had to do, I mean, Penelope Houston of the Avengers has to do a tryout for No, no, I never auditioned for him. What actually happened was he was looking for somebody to sing um, all his songs. He didn't want to sing anymore. He just wanted to write. And he wrote an album's worth of songs. And I went to London at one point, and we were working together. We actually wrote a song together, but I don't think it ever came out anywhere. But... um, he gave up on that idea, and then he went back to being his own singer. There's and at that point, he said, I'd like you to come and sing on one of my songs, and, and that's how I got on that album. Penelope, there's been rumors of you surfacing throughout the years, for instance, like with Tesco V, but was Mr. T Experience, <laughs> Dr. Frank, was he the first person to kind of like put you on a modern punk record? Because you did that song questioningly with the Mr. T Experience, a Ramones cover. Right. Um, I've actually sung on a um, a few people's records, but not very many. I did um, a little singing with Gary Floyd, who was in Sister Double Happiness, on one of his solo albums, which came out in Europe. And then I just did that little part um, for Mr. T, because I'm friends with Joel, who's the bass player for Mr. T. And Joel ended up not only playing on the Scavengers recordings and the Billy Joe recordings, but he also played on my whole album. He played all the bass on my whole album, so... Um, when they asked me to do that, I said, sure. And we have an in-person guest. Guest, are you there? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. Go ahead to Penelope Houston. Hi, P. It's Zip. Oh, Zippy. <laughs> I've been here for about an hour listening to the whole thing. I didn't even <laughs> notice you in the other room there, Zippy. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's because your head's down there looking at all those stupid questions you wrote. <laughs> I can't believe it. I guess Vancouver is a really small town, isn't it? Well, no, Zippy, I mean, I was begging for Zippy to come here, and he actually, the phone in, he actually came here in person. (laughs) So do you remember the piss clip Uh, there? Do you remember the piss? Do do I? Are you kidding? That's true, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, this is terrible. Does this mean everything I said on this interview is going to get chopped up and played on other interviews (laughs) forever and ever? I could uh, attest to my interview already being chopped up and played on the radio. So. Wow. And so Brad. Zippy, how are you doing? Really good. How are you? I'm good. Are you playing drums? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Me and Brad are playing. And, uh, yeah, there's a few things up our sleeves. I'm playing with a few other people in town. And, well, that's great. And I heard that you were going to be on the radio, so I went, oh, man, i got to get down there. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I've been listening to everything. It's just great to hear your voice. Oh, well, thank you. Well, anything you'd like to clear up at all here, Zippy, that I've mentioned? Anything you'd like to clear up or that or you were thinking about? Oh, no, not at all. You're uh, you're uh, about as far away from the truth as anyone can possibly be. But, you know, <laughs> you, you're batting a thousand, dude. Give her. <laughs> well, please, tell me about San Francisco. It, it, Zippy, you started it all, didn't you? You started the Avengers-Vancouver connection, right? Um, I don't Zippy know. Zippy started the whole scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all my fault. It's all his fault. He started uh, punk. I am punk rock. <laughs> but you invited... <laughs> angel of punk. You invited Zippy to San Francisco. Is that what happened? Well, I don't know if I personally invited him, but he sure ended up living on our... I was Zippy there. Zippy like a good person to have around. I, I I did a lot of the janitorial duties, <laughs> if I can recall. I think that's the opposite of a janitorial duty when you're pissing in somebody's drawers. Well, yeah, yeah. 
And Zippy, you were paid one dollar a day? Uh-huh. When I first moved there. I'm sure that's all he could handle. <laughs> yeah. He would have been drunk every minute if we paid him any more than that. <laughs> How helpful was Zippy, Penelope Houston? I think he kept everybody's spirits uh, bright and gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, uh, that was part of my mission. I was the minister of morale. Yeah. I'm sure Zippy was useful in that. But Zippy remembers the brunette twins, right, Zippy? Uh, Georgia and India, yeah. Uh, but I'm... I, you know, when I was with the Avengers, though, it was like I was the roadie. I think they were my roadies when I was in the Dills, now that I think about it. Like Penelope said earlier, everything is like one big mushed memory. You yeah, know? it seems more likely the Dills would have had girl roadies. Yeah, we. Uh, I know we definitely did. The Dills had, had kind of, um, you know, the Dills had their own super political cute band alert thing going on. Mm-hmm. They could get, like, little teenage girls to go out and protest. In fact, <laughs> the Dills manager, Peter Urban, Erd. he had this group called New Youth, and they actually protested one of our shows because it, it was at the Mubuhe, which was a 18 and over or 21 and over club. And, oh. and we charged $4 instead of $3. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine such a thing? And then they protested it with fines. Yeah, Peter. <laughs> Peter Peter lasted a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, Zippy, you almost joined the Canadian Armed Forces, didn't you? Yeah, that was a close call. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh that that but that was uh that was like right at the beginning of punk rock, I think. Just in around when I was about 18, 19 years old or something like that. I was about one signature away. And then thank, I remember that. That yeah, was scary. Yeah, thank God uh, alcohol saved me once again. <laughs> And I had to go down and sign my last thing, and the guy saw that I was so pissed as a rat that <laughs> there was no way they were going to let me sign. And I went back, and Bob Montgomery, Chuck's brother, said, uh, Zippy, if you go down there and sign that thing tomorrow, I'm going to break both both your legs. And I went, oh, well, both my legs and in the military or playing punk rock bands for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll go for punk rock. I'm sure it was best for both parties that you ended, oh, didn't end up with them. It, it guaranteed. Guaranteed. How much money did you guys have back then, Penelope? How much money was there? We probably had about $5, and that's why we were only giving Zippy one. <laughs> Between us, yeah. <laughs> did you guys do any fair dodging on the BART at all? Were there any tricks for fair dodging? We never took the BART because the BART was brand new then, and mm-hmm. it only went to the East Bay, and why would we ever want to go to the East Bay? No, we never went there. At Zippy, you were doing roadieing, but you also played KGB. Uh-huh. And the Dills, yeah. Los Populeros, yeah. the Mutants, uh-huh. and you're in a Rick Springfield video? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know I about think your... I ever heard about that. Uh, yeah, that, that's a real one, too. Um, I just scammed my way onto that one. That was you know, one of the great joys of living in San Francisco. You can end up on things like Rick Springfield videos. And Penelope, you were mentioning Versus, right? The band Versus? Mm-hmm. I did that too. Yeah, P- the Zippy was in Versus as well. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I was, I was the, the boy dressed as a girl in rubber in the back, hitting things. That sounds good. Yeah. And you have your Zip tattoo, right? I do. What other stuff would you like to leave to people with an impression of the Avengers at all, Zippy? Anything that, that brings up your mind when you're thinking about the Avengers and your time with them, your, the Canadian connection? Oh, I, um, I mean, that was nothing but that was how I grew up, you know. They were the greatest band in the world as far as I'm concerned, always will be. Um, when I think of the Avengers, I just, I, I smile. Just a great big smile comes to my face. And then maybe a phone going down the hall at the, in the middle of the morning. Because there's no milk in the fridge. 
That I remember. <laughs> Penelope, any comment on that? <laughs> well, I get. I guess you know we. Not that we're that much older than anybody else, but we were kind of right at the beginning of the whole West Coast punk thing. So I guess we did see a lot of people um, getting. What is it called when you get out of your short pants and into your long pants? Growing up, Growing cutting up. their teeth on punk. How exactly did uh, Milk play into this at all, Zippy? Please, could you elaborate? Oh, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, I remember uh, Danny, the drummer for the Avengers, if, uh, if he didn't have his milk, first thing in the morning, there's hell to pay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I can uh, r distinctly recall at least four or five phones biting the dust. Oh, yeah. Easily. He was a great phone breaker. I remember that back then the phones belonged to the... Um, the Pacific Bell, so you would just take your smashed up phone, bring it back into the Pacific Bell offices and say, I need a replacement phone, this one's broken, and they would say, what happened to it? And, you, and he always used to say, a bookcase fell on it, which I thought was really unlikely. Same bookcase, six times. Yeah. <laughs> went to a lot. How wild did Brad get there, Zippy? You saw him jump off a pillar once? He, no, it wasn't a pillar, it was a, uh, he was on stage, um... And uh, it was on top uh, on top of a bunch of PA bins at the front of the stage. And I, I, I actually, I didn't know where he was. I was supposed to be the roadie. Now I sort of turned my back for a second. I turned turned around and I go, "Where's Brad?" <laughs> and, I, and I look up and he's about 20 feet in the air and he's playing rock star on top of these PA bins. I'm going, "Brad, you're you're too high in way too many ways." And uh, yeah, he decided to play rock star and do a diving. Uh, Pete Townsend move all the way midair. Landed on his feet, too, which was very impressive. Wow. Considering the amount of alcohol and drugs he had in his body. I'm amazed at the, at the amount of things you guys remember. Oh, well, so are we. <laughs> Penelope from Search and Destroy number 9, 1978. Question to Penelope Houston of the Avengers. And again, I've been speaking to Penelope Houston of the Avengers. I'm Nardwood, a human servant. There's Zippy Pinhead over there. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey. Sorry I forgot about you for all that time. I, did, I honestly did not see you in there. That's okay. I had a couple beers here. What, 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 you said I was saying lies earlier. What were the lies I was saying? Oh, there wasn't. Uh, I've just been listening to all the embellished truths that's been uh, uh, <laughs> that's been coming over since the beginning of the interview. It's been pretty funny. Oh, well, what, well, uh, the National Enquirer stuff, I think, just all the uh, all the wrong stories. Well, uh, well, anything you, anything that you would like to write at all, Zippy? Uh, well, I'm just waiting for you to fuck up again. Okay, well, <laughs> here I go. From Search and Destroy, number 9, 1978, to Penelope Houston. Question, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? And Penelope Houston replies, fighting for my life. In 10 years, I'll be 30. I'd like to be well-known. I hope in 10 years I have enough money to, buy to be financially free so I can be in, control of my be in control of my artistic endeavors. In 10 years, I want to become leader of a revolution. <laughs> Wow. 1978 to 1988. So in 1988, is that an accurate picture of what you were doing? In I was the leader of the acoustic revolution. Fighting for your life? The Practically, fighting for my rent, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I... I think I had a day job and all my, and my acoustic band um, that was going on, and you know, just fighting for that, fighting for that rock and roll lifestyle. And now it's twenty years later, and is that is this an accurate picture of what you are now? Twenty years or twenty one years well, later? Well, no, things are a little more cushy now. I'm on a major label, so um, 
you know, I own a house in Oakland. I'm married, and I get to tour in Germany, and things have gotten pretty good. You know, I, I, I'm not going to go out and sleep on people's floors or play in clubs that don't have monitors or <laughs> stages or, you know, that kind of thing anymore. I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm beyond that. But I still am playing, and I'm still recording, and that's my favorite thing to do, writing songs and recording them. But Zippy, you're okay. You're okay to sleep on the floors. And no, actually, I'm too old to sleep on floors now. Too, I go ho- uh, Holiday Inn all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Comes the point. You'll you'll see me at the Ramada. There's plenty of there's plenty of teenage kids in punk bands that can sleep on those floors. They can do it. They can go through the joy that I experienced for 20 years. But your most recent Avenger release is not on a major label. It's on Lookout Records. And we're going to end here now with a track called I Want In. So those are the three new songs there, Penelope. I Want In, Crazy Homicide, and, and End of the World, right? Right. And what can you say about I Want In? Well, it's funny that you picked that. Um, both Crazy Homicide, which you played earlier, and I Want In were really good kind of poppy um, Avenger songs that I couldn't find any decent live versions of. And I thought wow, these would be great to re-record. And then everybody said, yes, do it, do it, do it. So I decided to go ahead and do it. And they were, uh, most of these lyrics were written by Danny. So I, I rewrote a couple lines and stuff, but, but um, they were mostly written by Danny. So. And They're, you know, angry and little songs. And these are the three songs, and it's going to be coming out in the Lookout Records release very soon in February. And you're going to be doing a few shows, a full set shows, or what are you going to be doing? Yeah, we're going to be doing full sets of, of Avengers of the Avengers stuff. Um, there actually are some other new songs on this. There are a bunch of, you know, maybe five or six songs on the Avengers release that um, never had been released before um, in, a real, in a real fashion. So beyond those three songs that we recorded, there's another four or five um, that never came out. Was Zippy at any of these gigs? Would Zippy recognize any of these songs? <laughs> I'm sure he is at some of these gigs. Probably. Uh, but um, but whether or not he'd remember it, I don't even remember them. I hear him, I hear him, and I hear myself yelling. And people I have trouble gone. remembering yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he'll remember the feeling of it for sure. Guaranteed. Zippy, do you remember being at a party in East Van where on the way to it you broke a garden statue outside of somebody's house? A garden gnome? The Garden Gnome, yeah. The Garden Gnome affair. I've I've never liked those little buggers anyways. (laughs) Um, I could see myself doing it. I don't uh, remember, like, offhand. Like you broke a Garden Gnome outside of somebody's house, and then soon after you went to a punk party, and then some Camaros pulled up to the house, some guys jumped out with baseball bats. Oh, yeah. What happened there? Oh, God, that was terrifying. Uh, they they uh, all had hockey helmets on and uh, baseball bats, and I was up in, in the bathroom, actually, and I saw them invading the house from the front and the back, and so I squeezed out this two-by-two <laughs> window, got out on the ledge, and jumped onto the roof next door. <laughs> it's like a true Vancouver moment. Yeah, that's a, that's, that was terrifying. Hockey mask. That's Yeah, they decided. That wasn't me, actually. Uh, uh, that was... Uh, a little guy named Wayne Noyd that uh, he smashed one of the Camaro's windows the night before, and they knew where we lived. That Uh-oh. was the story. I thought you were sitting on the toilet, and like a baseball bat went through the doors. Uh, they... they were on the other side of the door, yeah. And they're smashing. <laughs> they were smashing to try to get in, and I was squeezing my huge frame through this tiny little window. I remember that. <laughs>
God, that was quick. I was out of there in seconds. I want in the Avengers. Well, thanks so much, Penelope Houston, for phoning in here live to Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show here. Uh, it's been my pleasure. And if you could just hold on the line just afterwards, I think I'll uh, just, I just want to copy down some personals there so I can pass them on to Brad for you and maybe you want to talk to Zip for a second. Oh, yeah. Sure. But uh, thanks so much for phoning in. Really appreciate that. And thank everybody else for phoning in. Anything else you'd like to add to the people out there in Radioland, in Vancouver, B.C., the Avengers' second home? second home. Yeah, I guess I would just say hey to everybody, and um, I think if you buy the record, you you won't get quite such a, a trashy version of us. You get a little bit more. It's a little bit trashy, but not as trashy as Nardwar. It's an interview. So everyone, go out there and get it. All right. Thanks so much, Penelope. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 do.